the fourth day. God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs to mark seasons, days, and years, and let them be for lights in the expanse of heaven to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of heaven to give light to the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. The Gospel according to Mark, the fourteenth chapter. It was now two days before the feast of the Passover and the unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might seize him by deception and kill him. Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went away to the chief priests, that he might deliver him to them. They, when they heard it, were glad, and promised to give him money. He sought how he might conveniently deliver him. The Gospel according to John, the thirteenth chapter. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is one who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I don't speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I tell you before it happens, that when it happens, you may believe that I am he. Amen, amen, I tell you. He who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in spirit and testified, Amen, amen, I tell you that one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was at the table, leaning against Jesus' breast. Simon Peter, therefore, beckoned to him and said to him, Tell us who it is of whom he speaks. He, leaning back, as he was, on Jesus' breast, asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus therefore answered, It is he to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. After the piece of bread, then Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now nobody at the table knew why he said this to him, for some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus said to him, Buy what things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Therefore, having received that morsel, he went out immediately. It was night.
O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. At the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore he is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as an hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. But thou, O Lord, shall endure for ever, and thy remembrance unto all generations. At the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore he is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The Old Testament lesson for Wednesday in Holy Week is written in the 62nd and 63rd chapters of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 11th verse. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. They will call them the holy people, the Lord's redeemed. You will be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Who is this who comes from Edom, with dyed garments from Basra? Who is this who is glorious in his clothing, marching in the greatness of his strength? It is I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Why is your clothing red, and your garments like him who treads in the wine vat? I have trodden the winepress alone, of the peoples no one was with me. Yes, I trod them in my anger, and trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood is sprinkled on my garments, and I have stained all my clothing. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. I looked, and there was no one to help, and I wondered that there was no one to uphold. Therefore my own arm brought salvation to me, my own wrath upheld me. I trod down the peoples in my anger, and made them drunk in my wrath. I poured their lifeblood out on the earth. I will tell of the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has given to us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has given to them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the first chapter of the Revelation to St. John beginning at the fifth verse. To him who loves us, and washed us from our sins by his blood, and he made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, including those who pierced him. All the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. Even so. Amen. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. 
Hear me speedily. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire, where there is no standing. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thy ear unto me. In the day when I call, answer me speedily. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might put him to death, for they feared the people. Satan entered into Judas, who was also called Iscariot, who was counted with the twelve. He went away and talked with the chief priests and captains about how he might deliver him to them. They were glad and agreed to give him money. He consented, and sought an opportunity to deliver him to them in the absence of the multitude. The day of unleavened bread came, on which the Passover must be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. Tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large furnished upper room. Make preparations there. They went, found things as Jesus had told them, and prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down with the twelve apostles. He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will no longer by any means eat of it until it is fulfilled in God's kingdom. He received a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you, I will not drink at all again from the fruit of the vine until God's kingdom comes. He took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. Likewise he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it has been determined, but woe to that man through whom he is betrayed. They began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing.
dispute also arose among them, which of them was considered to be the greatest. He said to them, The kings of the nations lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. But one who is greater among you, let him become as the younger, and one who is governing as one who serves. For who is greater, one who sits at the table, or one who serves? Isn't it he who sits at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. I confer on you a kingdom, even as my Father conferred on me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. You will sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan asked to have all of you, that he might sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you, that your faith wouldn't fail. You, when once you have turned again, establish your brothers. He said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. He said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will by no means crow today until you deny that you know me three times. He said to them, When I sent you out without purse, wallet, and sandals, did you lack anything? They said, Nothing. Then he said to them, But now, whoever has a purse, let him take it, and likewise a wallet. Whoever has none, let him sell his cloak and buy a sword. For I tell you that this which is written must still be fulfilled in me. He was counted with transgressors. For that which concerns me has an end. They said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. He said to them, That is enough. He came out and went, as his custom was, to the Mount of Olives. His disciples also followed him. When he was at the place, he said to them, Pray that you don't enter into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose up from his prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief and said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd appeared. He who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He came near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? A certain one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus answered, Let me at least do this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? 
When I was with you in the temple daily, you didn't stretch out your hands against me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. They seized him and led him away and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed from a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat among them. A certain servant girl saw him as he sat in the light and looking intently at him said, This man also was with him. He denied Jesus saying, Woman, I don't know him. After a little while, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter answered, Man, I am not. After about one hour passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Truly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the Lord's word, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and wept bitterly. The men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. Having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? They spoke many other things against him, insulting him. As soon as it was day, the assembly of the elders of the people were gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you won't believe, and if I ask, you will in no way answer me or let me go. From now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. They all said, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You say it, because I am. They said, Why do we need any more witness? For we ourselves have heard from his own mouth. company of them rose up and brought him before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting the nation, forbidding paying taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, 
Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, So you say. Pilate said to the chief priests and the multitudes, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee even to this place. But when Pilate heard Galilee mentioned, he asked if the man was a Galilean. When he found out that he was in Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Now, when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had wanted to see him for a long time because he had heard many things about him. He hoped to see some miracle done by him. He questioned him with many words, but he gave no answers. The chief priests and scribes stood vehemently accusing him. Herod, with his soldiers, humiliated him and mocked him. Dressing him in luxurious clothing, they sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before that they were enemies with each other. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought this man to me as one that perverts the people, and behold, having examined him before you, I found no basis for a charge against this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. Neither has Herod, for I sent you to him, and see, nothing worthy of death has been done by him. I therefore chastise him and release him. Now he had to release one prisoner to them at the feast. But they all cried out together, saying, Away with this man! Release to us Barabbas! One who was thrown into prison for a certain revolt in the city and for murder. Then Pilate spoke to them again, wanting to release Jesus. But they shouted, saying, Crucify! Crucify him! He said to them the third time, Why? What evil has this man done? I have found no capital crime in him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. But they were urgent with loud voices, asking that he might be crucified. Their voices and the voices of the chief priests prevailed. Pilate decreed that what they asked for should be done. He released him who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus up to their will. They grabbed one Simon of Cyrene, coming from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it after Jesus. A great multitude of the people followed him, including women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, 
but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to tell the mountains, Fall on us, and tell the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in the green tree, what will be done in the dry? There were also others, two criminals, led with him to be put to death. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified him there with the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Dividing his garments among them, they cast lots. The people stood watching. The rulers with them also scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. An inscription was also written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. criminals who was hanged insulted him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Don't you even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, Amen, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. 
Having said this, he breathed his last, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. When the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. All the multitudes that came together to see this, when they saw the things that were done, returned home, beating their breasts. All his acquaintances and the women who followed with him from Galilee stood at a distance, watching these things. Behold, a man named Joseph, who was a member of the council, a good and righteous man. He had not consented to their council indeed, from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who was also waiting for God's kingdom. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. He took it down and wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb that was cut in stone, where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of the preparation and the Sabbath was drawing near. The women who had come with him out of Galilee followed after, and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. They returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. In Salem also is his tabernacle, and his dwelling place in Zion. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was delivered up to death, that he might quicken his people. A sermon by St. Augustine with my edits and additions from the Gospel according to St. John near the beginning of the service. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is no light question, brothers, that meets us in the Gospel of the Blessed John when he says, When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in spirit and testified, Amen, amen, I tell you that one of you will betray me. Why was he troubled? What was the reason for his being troubled, not in flesh, but in spirit? Was it because, as he said, one of you will betray me? Was this the first time that it occurred to him, or came to his mind that one of his own would betray him? Or was it at that moment suddenly revealed to him for the first time, and so troubled him by the startling novelty of so great a calamity? 
Was it not a little before this that he was using these words, saying, He that eats bread with me will lift up his heel against me? And had he not also, previously to that, said, And you are clean, but not all? Where the evangelist also added, For he knew who should betray him? To whom also, on a still earlier occasion, he had pointed to Judas in the words, Have I not chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. So no, he was not troubled in spirit because this betrayal had just come to his mind or was just revealed to him. He foreknew. Why is it then that he was now troubled in spirit when he testified and said, Amen, amen, I tell you that one of you will betray me? Was it because now he had so to point Judas out? that he should no longer remain concealed among the rest, but he had to be separated from the others, that therefore Jesus was troubled in spirit? Or was it because now the traitor himself was on the eve of departing to bring those Jews to whom he was to betray the Lord? Was that why he was troubled? Because of the eminency of his passion, the closeness of the danger, and the swooping hand of the traitor, whose resolution was foreknown. It was this, the eminency of his betrayal and his passion. This certainly was why Jesus was troubled in spirit, as when he said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this cause I came unto this hour. And accordingly, just as then his soul was troubled as the hour of his passion approached, so now also, As Judas was on the point of going and coming, and the atrocious villainy of the traitor neared its accomplishment, now he was troubled in spirit. He was troubled then. He who had power to lay down his life, who had power to take it again, he was troubled. That mighty power is troubled. The firmness of the rock is disturbed. Or is it rather our infirmity that is troubled in him. Certainly that is so. He was not troubled within his own power. He was troubled by feeling our infirmity, that servants believe nothing unworthy of their Lord, but recognize now their own membership in their head. He who died for us was also himself troubled in our place. He, therefore, who died in power was troubled in the midst of his power, He who shall yet transform the body of our humility into a similar form with the body of his glory. He has also transferred into himself the feeling of our infirmity. He sympathizes with us in the feelings of his own soul. Accordingly, when it is the great, the brave, the sure, the invincible one that is troubled, let us have no fear for him as if he were capable of failing. He is not perishing, but in search of us who are. Us, I say, it is us exclusively whom he is thus seeking, that in his trouble we may behold ourselves. And so when trouble reaches us, we may not fall into despair and perish. By his trouble, who could not be troubled save with his own consent, he comforts such as us who are troubled unwillingly. He is troubled in spirit to feel our trouble and to comfort us in our troubles. 
Now, away with the reasons of the philosophers, those who assert that a wise man is not affected by mental perturbations or anxieties. God has made foolish the wisdom of this world, and the Lord knows the thoughts of men, and they are vain. It is plain that the mind of the Christian may be troubled, not by misery, but by pity. He may fear lest men should be lost to Christ. He may sorrow when one is being lost. He may have ardent desire to gain men to Christ. He may be filled with joy when such is being done. He may have fear of falling away himself from Christ. He may sorrow over his own estrangement from Christ. He may be earnestly desirous of reigning with Christ, and he may be rejoicing in the hope that such fellowship with Christ will yet be his lot. These are certainly four of what they call perturbations, or possibly even anxieties. You could say emotions. These are the four, fear and sorrow, love and gladness. And Christians may have sufficient cause to feel all of them, and evidence their descent from the error of the Stoic philosophers, and all resembling them, who indeed, just as they esteem truth to be vanity, those Stoics, regard also insensibility as soundness. Not knowing that a mind's man, like the limbs of his body, is only the more hopelessly diseased when it has lost even the feeling of pain. So forget the philosophers, ignore the Stoics. Christians are not devoid of emotions or anxieties, just as Christ is not devoid of them here, when those emotions are grounded in the word and truth. But, says someone, ought the mind of the Christian to be troubled even at the prospect of death? Should we be bothered by death, we Christians? For what comes of those words of the apostle, that he had a desire to depart and to be with Christ? If then the object of his desire to be with Christ, that is, death, can thus trouble him when it comes. Our answer to this would be easy, indeed, in the case of those who also term gladness itself an emotion, an emotion of the mind. For what if the trouble he feels arises entirely from his rejoicing at the prospect of death? But such a feeling, they say, ought to be termed gladness and not rejoicing, and (laughs) what is that but just to alter the name, while the feeling experienced is all the same? But let us, for our part, confine our attention to the sacred scriptures, and with the Lord's help seek rather such a solution of this question as will be in harmony with them, and then, seeing it is written, when he had thus said, he was troubled in spirit. Will we not say that it was joy that disturbed him? Lest his own words should convince us of the contrary when he says, My soul is sorrowful even unto death. It is some such feeling that is here also to be understood, when, as his betrayer was now on the very point of departing alone, and straightway returning with his associate with his associates, Jesus was troubled in spirit. Strong-minded, indeed, are those Christians, if such there are, who experience no trouble at all in the prospect of death. But for all that, are they stronger-minded than Christ? Who would have the madness to say so? And what else, then, does his being troubled signify, but that, by voluntarily assuming the likeness of their weakness, 
he comforted the weak members in his own body, that is, in his church, to the end that if any of his own are still troubled at the approach of death, they may fix their gaze upon him, and so be kept from thinking themselves castaways on this account, and being swallowed up in the more grievous death of despair. And how great, then, must that good which we ought to expect and hope for in the participation of his divine nature, whose very anxiety and emotion tranquilizes us, and whose infirmity confirms us. Whether, therefore, on this occasion it was by his pity for Judas himself thus rushing into ruin, or by the near approach of his own death that he was troubled, yet there is no possibility of doubting that it was not through any infirmity of mind, but in the fullness of power that he was troubled. And so no despair of, dis of salvation need arise in our minds when we are troubled, not in the possession of power, but in the midst of our weakness. He certainly bore the infirmity of the flesh, an infirmity which was swallowed up in his resurrection. But he who was not only man, but also God, surpassed by an ineffable distance the whole human race in fortitude of mind. He was not then troubled by any outward pleasure of man, but troubled himself, which was very plainly declared of him when he raised also Lazarus from the dead. For it is there written that he troubled himself, that it may be so understood even where the text does not so express it, and yet declares that he was troubled, for having by his power assumed our full humanity, by that very power he awoke in himself our human feelings whenever he judged it becoming. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
A maid said unto Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. said unto Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation 
which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Wash me thoroughly, O Lord, from mine iniquity. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds are continually afflicted may mercifully be relieved by the passion of thy only begotten Son. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. 
through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength, and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day. And we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.